0: And Martin Paloma. Neil and I would like to thank our Mind on My Money podcast sponsors for helping make this show possible. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Refrigeration Company. TRC is owned and operated by Jeremy Walter, who's been in the refrigeration field for more than 20 years, including five years as a national service manager. At TRC, they understand that great service means being responsive. Their highly trained, responsible, and dedicated staff are available 24-7 to ensure your complete satisfaction. We specialize in ammonia refrigeration, but work on any other HFC, HCFC, or CO2 system. TRC is building winning relationships with customers in baking, cold storage warehouses, ice production facilities, and facilities serving dairy processing, food processing, poultry processing, and catfish processing. TRC is based in Spanish Fort, Alabama, but they are licensed in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and South Carolina as well. TRC can handle all of your company's refrigeration needs, including installation, fabrication, services, compressor rebuilds, ammonia detection calibration, vibration analysis, and more. To learn more, call Jeremy Walter at 251-348-8533 or email him at jeremy at therefridgeco.com. Follow TRC at The Refrigeration Company on Facebook or at their website, therefridgeco.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Elite Dental Care, with offices throughout West Tennessee in Germantown, Jackson, and Trenton. Elite Dental Care has five doctors with more than 75 years of combined experience. And with their different areas of expertise, the doctors at Elite Dental Care offer convenience along with the latest in technology. In addition, Elite Dental Care is a family practice, so the entire family can be seen no matter age or severity of problems. Elite Dental Care focuses on staying up-to-date on the latest technology, including intraoral cameras, digital x-rays and impressions, 3D x-rays, and more. There are TVs and radios in every room giving patients the comfort of home, all while they receive the most modern technological treatment. Elite Dental Care offers both conscious sedation and IV sedation for patients that are anxious or scared, or for those that might not be fearful, but just have a lot of work to do and can't afford to take time off for multiple visits. With sedation, Elite Dental Care is able to get much more work done in one visit, which ultimately saves the patient's time and money. So if you're looking for a dentist in West Tennessee or the Memphis area, call Dr. Mark Harper, Dr. Clint Buchanan, or Dr. Mike Farah at Elite Dental Care. To to reach the doctors at Elite Dental Care, go to EliteDentalCare.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast. Uh, I'm usually here with my co-host, Neil McCrady, uh, but I gave him the day off. We have been working hard, churning out um, lots of different podcasts for our listeners. Uh, I've got a real special guest today, Lindsay Lutz, who I'm going to introduce um, in just a little bit. Uh, she's going to talk about, tell her story, talk about uh, some, something cool that she's doing uh, during these tough times. Uh, I thought we'd have a little bit of a positive spin on our new normal or our new times that's going on now with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, but first... I wanted to let you know um, that if you have an advisor and you haven't heard from your advisor in the past couple of weeks or there's not been a lot of communication, uh, that would be something that we would love to, uh, to talk to you about at Pinnacle Trust. Uh, one of the things that we've been doing in our kind of new normal in the social distancing is, uh, is really over-communicating to our clients. We've leveraged technology. Uh, we're using our recording system to give our clients updates. Uh, recording podcasts as well, uh, to kind of keep our clients informed. Uh, I know it's been a, a real rough ride for a lot of folks, and sometimes all you really need is a hand, your hand to be held. You don't need to know how to build a clock. You just need to know uh, how to tell the time. So um, give us a call, 601-957-0323. Uh, you can email us at info at pinn trust com. Uh, we're really active on social media as well. So you can find us, uh, the Pinnacle Trust Facebook page or the Mind on My Money podcast Facebook page. Uh, we're also really active on Twitter as well. It's uh, Twitter handle is at Pinnacle underscore trust or the mom podcast. Um, all right. So Lindsay, thanks so much for coming in today um, and spending a little time with us. I know that you are a very, very busy person. Um, and I appreciate the little bit of time that you gave us. Uh, so for our listeners kind of tell us a little bit about your story. You are a super, super busy woman and a mom and, uh, and it's really quite amazing to, that you can get everything fit into your day. So, um, again, thanks for being on here. Kind of tell us a little bit about your story.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. You know, you say like trying to fit things in a day. It's like my motto. There's 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with it? You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, right. It's kind of kind of chaos, but I, I I think I get. You know, it's like an adrenaline rush, right? Like I'm one of those people that has to be busy. If I'm not, just, it's 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 not good. So I, I can um, <laughs> totally relate
0: to that at 100. And people who know me are like absolutely.
1: <laughs> Yeah, like slow down, please, yep. you know, because you're always thinking of a million things at once and, you know, middle of the night, whatever that looks like. It's like, oh, new ideas, new things to do or just things you didn't get done, I guess. But that's part of it as well.
0: Indeed. I do my best thinking. I do my best thinking in the middle of the night or either when I'm driving and yep. uh, and just have tons of windshield time. So when I can't write things down.
1: Yeah, exact. Never fails at, like, 3.47 a.m. I look at the <laughs> clock, and my mind is just racing. You know, it's not quite, like, time to get up, but it's still, I should be asleep, and I'm, like, a thousand, thousand ideas at once, so that's how it is. But, yeah, so interestingly enough, I actually live in Birmingham, Alabama now, but I was born in the Mississippi Delta in Cleveland, Mississippi. All right. Sure, you can hear the, the accent still there, uh, but... <laughs> So we lived there. My parents actually owned a restaurant for any of the Delta listeners called the Greenhouse Restaurant, and my grandfather was um, involved with the Shelby die casting plant. So we lived there for about six years, and then I guess my dad was like, all right, time to get like a real job, you know, let's, let's go sit behind the office, let's get into sales, do whatever, and we moved to Germantown, Tennessee. Okay. And I had a little brother, he's about three and a half years younger than me, so we moved to Germantown to, you know, got super involved in every athletic thing that you can imagine. You know, my brother played baseball for the Germantown Giants, I was cheerleader, gymnastics, you know, track once I got to high school, he played football, soccer, every sport. You, know, well, you, guys, you band, guys are like so. the
0: all-American family.
1: Well, it was, you know, it, that's, I feel like that was like suburban America growing Absolutely. up, right? Absolutely. So we were always on the ball field. It didn't matter you know, what day it was. There was some sort of sports going on. So I grew up there after high school. So it's funny. I grew up actually a huge Ole Miss fan. Like every weekend we were going to the Grove. We were going to Ole Miss games. But when it came time to pick colleges, it didn't really even cross my mind. You know, I wanted to branch out. Really? So my, yeah, which is crazy. Like I had just grown up being an Ole Miss fan, but I mean, you, you understand like the highs and lows of that. (laughs) So maybe I was trying to protect myself. Yes. Yeah. It was, I think I remember like, God, I don't even remember what year it was, but I think it was like the Gator Bowl or something. And Ole Miss just got their butts kicked by Michigan. It was awful. And I think that was just like, you know, at that point I was like, this is, I'm just going to branch out and try to find something else. So my dad and I went on this college, you know, SSE college tour, we went to Alabama, we went to Auburn. I had gone to UT for like a cheerleading camp. I went down to LSU. We went, you know, like all over and nowhere, you know, I just didn't fall in love with any of those places. I loved Auburn, but it was really far away. I liked Alabama, but it was a little spread out. LSU. I was like, I don't think I'll survive this place a week. (laughs) (laughs) And I think my parents were like, my dad would have disowned me. My mom went to LSU, but we were Ole Miss fans. So wow. You know, so okay. Like, so
0: you had a major house divided then. With, yes. Oh my goodness. All right. All and right. Then growing
1: up outside of Memphis, everybody goes to Tennessee. Yeah, like absolutely. at least when I was, you know, in high school. So my dad was like, "Look, just go visit Ole Miss without your parents. Go for a sorority weekend or whatever you guys do, and then report back, and we'll make a decision." And, of course, I'm, like, the least most decisive person, you know, at least the most indecisive person in the world. So, you know, whatever. So I went, and I had an absolute blast. And so there, the decision was made. I was going to Ole Miss. I was close enough to home but far enough to, you know, kind of be in my own little world, I guess. So yeah, after high Oxford school. Yeah, and Oxford
0: doesn't really feel like Mississippi either. Um, no. I mean, like, for people that are listening that are outside of Mississippi, I mean, Mississippi certainly has, like, this – charm, but Oxford is, is just, it just feels surreal. It is, it, it feels like old South. I, I just, uh, you know, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe Oxford. There's a, a, a lot of charm in, in yeah. o- and just it's just beautiful as well. I mean, the scenery is beautiful. The trees, the campus, it's a beautiful place. And I went to Millsaps. So.
1: So Where did you go?
0: I went to Millsaps. It's a little liberal okay. arts school in Jackson. So, yeah. um, I don't have a dog in that fight, but my mom, it's funny, I grew up, uh, my mom's an Ole Miss fan, uh, so we grew up watching the Rebels, but my dad went to University of Miami uh, down in Florida. Oh, wow. So, and he was, as funny, he was, you know, like, so on on Saturdays we watched, uh, he was Catholic, so the only thing on NBC was Notre Dame, and then you had SEC on CBS when I was a kid, so I watched Notre Dame with dad, because he was Catholic and, you know, all good Catholics are Golden Domers. Um, <laughs> even though I'm not a Notre Dame fan now. Uh, and then, you know, we watched, I watched Ole Miss growing up. So, and I didn't, that and I didn't team. go to either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was your team. That was
0: my team. Forch- unfortunately, or unfortunately, yes. <laughs>
1: I feel like, yeah, and, you know, even and now, Oxford, gosh, it's like a food town, and yeah. just cu- the culinary talent that's coming out of there is insane. Like, I, my husband is the biggest Auburn fan in the world, which creates its own issues, but, you know, he's also, like, a foodie, loves travel and wine, and I'm like, if you went to college right now, you would go to Ole Miss. Like, it would be no question about it. So yeah, yeah, it just does have that special charm,
0: you know, and that's kind of Mississippi too. Mississippi has, we don't have a lot, but we have really, really good food. And, you know, and, and you being a Delta girl as well, I mean, gosh, there's, I don't know, food is a whole, food is a culture in, in Mississippi, but I, I kind of digressed and threw you off track. So you're talking about, so you went to Ole Miss and, um, so you, what did you study when you were there?
1: So I, when I was at Ole Miss, I studied business okay. and I sort of, you know, had the opportunity to cheer there and I just, you know, that was my whole, I was done. You know, I had been in competitive cheerleading since I was, I don't even know how old and I ran track in high school as well. And I was like, you know what? Awesome. I'm just going to go live it up in college. Yeah. Which yeah. is not like me. I'm super competitive. And, but you know, maybe I just felt like it, it was time. So yeah, and look, I being went, a student
0: athlete is, is that's yeah. tough. Like you kind of miss out the full college experience experience. that's right yeah that's right exactly
1: so I went to college not knowing what I wanted to major in I was also in high school I took like I was part of my AP class schedule was AP art and I loved art and like a creative side so I always knew I had this sort of like creative itch so I thought about like and I love I loved fashion I loved clothes like I remember my mom used to have to take me to school when I was, like, in kindergarten in my pajamas because I couldn't figure out what to wear. Like, I'd sit in a closet for hours, and it's like, okay, you're fine. Get it together. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, do I want to go into fashion merchandising? Do I want to go to art school? Do I? I had no idea, so I just sort of went. Um, and, you know, as college progressed, I decided, okay, what's something that I can get a degree in that will sort of be useful for me no matter what avenue I take. So I got a marketing degree from Ole Miss. And I did, there was like a, uh, it was really, I'm starting to age myself, but there was a new program where it was like, you know, pharmaceutical sales was starting to get kind of big. So there was like, it wasn't officially a minor, but it was sort of like an emphasis. So I got like an emphasis in this pharmaceutical marketing thing. Okay. So I graduate in four years. I don't know why. I should have stayed longer. Um <laughs> done that victory but, lap, right? Yeah, right? Like, I don't know why I was in such a hurry to get out and be responsible. But <laughs> I did, and I ended up getting a job with Wells Fargo Financial Okay. Um, in Mobile, Alabama. Awesome. And this was sort of, this was a grind, man. It was like 60, 70 hours a week behind a desk. Yeah. You know, it was, I got thrown into like, learn, you know, work as hard as you possibly can, but I mean, what a blessing. Cause I think if I would have gone into some sort of like outside sales at that point, I would have been worthless. Right. So, yeah.
0: Cause I mean, you got, you gotta, and that's the thing that I think when we graduate from school, or at least for me, I won't say, I won't, I won't impose my, uh, my (laughs) my naivete on you, but I graduate when I graduated from school, I thought I knew everything. And, and then I got into the real world and the real world kicked me right in the teeth. And, um, yeah, So what were you doing with Wells Fargo? Were you on like the lending side or were you? Yeah, I was on the lending side. Like
1: back when, you know, those like high rate mortgages and all that. So I started as just like a, I think they call us a credit manager or something. Started at the very bottom and like over the next four and a half years, I worked my way up to managing a branch, a move in Hoover, Alabama, like a $45 million branch or okay. something. It was a massive um, receivables. And so that was when, you know, that type of lending was still around. And I was, I had lived in Mobile for four years. It was great. Luckily, I had known some people there. Mobile's a tough, can be a tough place, but I had met people and yes. enjoyed my time there. Um, but it was, you know, I, I got the promotion, moved to Birmingham. And a girl reached out to me that I had known it, from Mobile, and she's like, I barely even knew her, and she's like, hey, my boyfriend is in law school with this girl who's trying to move to Oklahoma, like, long story long, she was <laughs> like, you would be perfect for this job, and it was basically like a medical sales job okay. for Depew, Synthés for Johnson & Johnson, and so I'm like, okay, this is going to be, I'm going from, like, a branch manager back down, starting over to a rep, but it would have been considerably more money. Obviously, quality of life would have improved drastically. So, I go and interview for this job and I sit down. And this is kind of a funny story that my boss and I talk about still to this day. But I sit down and the guy's like, Hey, you know, you have no medical device experience. Like, why in the world would we hire you? And you know, he was like, we've got this guy who works for Arthrex for 15 years or Stryker or whoever. He's like, why would we hire you over him? And I was like, okay, well, what are these, what's this guy's sales numbers? You know, what do they look like? And he says, well, you know, they're mediocre. And I looked him dead in the eyes and I said, why would you hire somebody for a sales role that has mediocre sales numbers? And literally at that point, he's like, you're hired. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: he's looking at you going, yes, that is definitely the drive and personality
1: that we want. Yes. He's like accurate. So awesome. yeah. So then I sort of totally shift gears and start my career with Depew as back I only had one product as the ortho best sales rep in Birmingham, Alabama. So, you know, I was one of those people at Birmingham was like my place. I, Within, like, the first week of moving there, I had actually was fortunate enough to work with a girl that went to Alabama, and she introduced me to, you know, 15 of her friends, and we went to a Christmas party, and that night, we instantly all bonded. I think, you know, when they saw it when I was at Innisfree, you know, till whatever time at night, they were like, all right, this is our girl. She's our friend. (laughs) So they sort of like scooped me up and brought me in and just they're my best friends. Um, you know, now almost 15 years later. So that's awesome. Um, they really just, I don't know. I was just so fortunate because somewhere like Birmingham or Mobile, if you don't find like that group, you can sort of be left out on the Island, I guess. Yeah,
0: no, look, cause we have, <clears throat> you know, Pinnacle, um, has, we have a relationship with, um, with the, with the community bank, uh, that has offices in in the mobile area and it's a hard nut to crack even when you have mm-hmm. you know uh, a, a bit of a network there already and you know i kind of i'm going to make an assumption <clears throat> pardon me that um that birmingham so jackson is a lot like the you know it's there's a lot of the quote unquote old money where you know there's those inner circles and it's the people of yep. influence and if you're not in them then breaking into those circles are almost impossible unless you have, you know, a posse that will advocate for you. That's already in yeah. the circles, and um, I kind of felt that Mobile and Birmingham were probably real similar. I bet you Birmingham's a little bit more. Um, oh, what's the word I'm trying to use? Like not. Good old boy, networkish. Yes, Jackson, it's a little more
1: progressive. And yeah, like, progressive. You know, the, the, there we go. That's a yes. great word. Yeah, um, and I would say now, if you moved to Birmingham, it'd be so different. Like it's again, it's gotten in the last five years. It's so much more progressive and people very welcoming. And you know, like anybody, I've, I've met so many new people over the last few years, and we're all great friends. So it's it's a lot different. But you imagine, you know,
0: yeah, young 10, woman 10 years ago, was yeah, completely breaking different. into yeah. A, a brand new area, absolutely. So. So yeah, yeah. probably it was good to have you a little posse that could, that was your support crew and 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 it sounds like you said y'all are still, also awesome, best friends and yeah that's awesome and they're all
1: Alabama fans so I you know I I went to my fair share of Alabama games when I was single I mean so you know I did that whole deal which was fine but um, yeah so it's. You know, Birmingham, I became, and I'm telling you this just to kind of lead into where I am today, but I became really passionate about Birmingham and I really, I saw where the city was going and I saw the transformation and I've always known I wanted to be a part of that. You know, I see so many friends and businesses that have sort of shaped the city to, you know, into what it is today. And I, you know, as I got older and more involved in the community, I really wanted to be a part of that. So um, I guess fast forward, you know, I've, I'm selling Orthovisc, you know, to orthopedic surgeons for about four years. And my manager at the time, she goes out of maternity leave and decides, you know what, I'm going to retire. I don't want to, you know, oh, I'm wow. stay home with my kids. Okay. I want to work with my husband, whatever. So I call her boss and I'm like, hey, man, I want to apply for her job. And he's like, well, that job has changed. She's like, at this point, you would be managing the 10 or 11 you know, quote unquote ortho reps, but you would also be managing a group of 60 guys on the, my tech surgical side that are in the OR. He's like, you have no OR experience. You don't know anything about surgery. And he's like, uh, you're just not a candidate for this job. Well, we were hopping on a plane to go to bail as I was having this for our, like new year's vacation or whatever. This is pre kids. And when you can just drop whatever and go, wherever, right. But. Right. <laughs> We're headed off to Bail and, you know, vacation. And he calls me back. He's like, all right, Lindsay. He's like, maybe, he's like, let me interview these people at our home office. And if it doesn't go well, then I'll give you an interview. And I was like, nope, nope. I'm going to fly there and I'm going to interview I was like, sorry, I'm going to be there. he's like, nice. what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to fly there. So I drove, like, or my husband drove, one of us. We drove, like, three hours in a snowstorm. It took three hours to get from Bail to some FedEx office in Denver. And I put together, like I spent hours there putting together, like, a business plan, and I didn't even know what I was talking about, but what I thought was a business plan and a plan to manage this group of, you know, 70 people and all this stuff, and I hopped on the airplane and, you know, a day early left our vacation and flew to uh, Raina, Massachusetts, where our home office was, and showed up, and, you know, I was like, my goal out of this, I may be underqualified, I may not be ready for this position, but... I've got to make them tell me no. I want to make them think twice about letting me go. I may not be ready now, but I want them to think twice to say, hey, you know, we need to consider this this lady for this position. If not, you know, she may go do something else or she may take her talents or whatever. And so I think having that sort of I don't give a you know what, like yeah. I'm just here, you know, I have nothing to lose type of mentality, you know, that – that boded well, right? So I apparently knocked it out of the park, and he called me that night at the airport. and Was like, "Hey, I think you got the job."
0: That's awesome. So, like, when you, and that's kind of you know the most dangerous people are the people that have nothing to lose, right? Right. I mean, exactly. And and so when you show up and you've got nothing to lose and you exude that confidence, right? I mean, that is that is the most dangerous person. Whether it's you know and competing for a job, whether it's, you know, you know, competing in life, period, the people who have nothing to lose, just like you said, don't give a blank, and will do whatever they need to do. And I'm, and it's funny, uh, I call my business partner and I, we call each other street rats. um, (laughs) Because we grew up, you know, we kind of grew up having to scrap and fight for all of the stuff that we have. And that's just in my blood. That's our nature is to be fighters and scrappers. And, you know, all is fair in love and war. And war, it, a war is a very broad topic. Uh, war is business. Yes. War is you know many different things. And and uh, so I total I totally get that. And and that street right that street rap mentality is is uh it's it's definitely a weapon when you're when you're fighting for something.
1: Yeah, I mean, and just to kind of like to give a football analogy, it reminds me a little bit of like the 2012 Ole Miss season, right? Like you're coming off a two and ten season that was just gut-wrenching horrible like all the you know all the adjectives to describe 2011 the football season and they had nothing to lose right And right. they went out there super scrappy and you know it's just you just play so differently at that point and I think so yeah so I got the job and I go from this That's awesome. Sort of cush job. I mean, it was pretty, you know, I've been there for four years. Like I had 90% market share. It was pretty, Wow. you know, I went and made my milk runs every day. Like it was, I was going and hanging out with my friends in the clinics. Like, Hey guys, I'm here just checking in, you know, to this job that was like, oh my gosh, like you can imagine you have all these people and I take it so personally that their livelihoods sort of rely on you, you know, and I took that like. I literally was could never get off the phone. I was traveling every single week, you know, Monday through Saturday sometimes. Like it was a grind, but it was so much fun. But I look look back at it now and I'm like, how did I survive like those 3 years, you yeah, know? Yeah,
0: you just do it. You grind and and this was pre-children, correct?
1: Yeah, this is yeah. pre-kids. Yeah, that's yes. what I say. So like
0: you can grind. I mean, and even I think even when you have young children and you even look when they're at babies, them, yeah, yeah, you look at them and you go, I have to do this. For their benefit, you can grind because I, I, I'm the same way. I look at things that I did. So I worked for a consulting firm in um, for from 2007 through 10, and it was an investment consulting firm. And we were I was based out of DC. We were a global firm, and um, some of the I mean, it, when you were talking about the 70 hour work weeks, I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's Cambridge, and that was my life. And I mean, but I had and I had young kids, but I had to grind because if I didn't. Like that was their, they were, I would look at them and go, I I have to do this for them. I have to pay my bills. I have to, you know, they need to have a quality of life. And so you can just do things that, you know, it's like the, the, the quote unquote, the mom that picks the car up off of their kid. It's adrenaline. I don't know where it comes from. It just, it's an energy that's when it's not about you and it's about your kids. And, and then, and I think you have that when you're younger too. Um, and then as you get older, like at least for me, as I've gotten older, you know, that energy has to be channeled by something. It, it's not something. Just, yeah. Yes. It's not just there innately all day, every day. I just know. You've got out. to
1: find, yeah. You find things that give you that energy.
0: Yep. So, wow. Yeah, so you so, went from kind of like totally autonomous. All you had to yep. do was worry about your stuff to yep. now you're responsible for 10, 11 people plus the 60 person team that's yep. OR. And then what was your region? Was it was it so it's Alabama and it's actually or? the
1: same. It was oh, okay. um, so it was similar to what I have now, but it was Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Arkansas, part of Tennessee, all of Florida, and South Carolina. Oh my gosh!
0: So you, I'm assuming that you are flying.
1: Yeah. To everything. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because if like, you were driving, I'd just be like, "Oh my gosh!" No, that I is mean I drove. Road you know, to Mississippi and my rep in Alabama, but that was I guess Memphis and Arkansas, but that was it. Everywhere else, it was just. On an airplane every single week, and I had a blast. I mean, we, you know, I covered the majority of my reps were in Florida, so I was in Tampa, Orlando, Miami at any given time, you know. And I really, it was cool to sort of see those cities. Those are places that I had never been, or may not. You don't just, you know, a lot of times you don't just pick up and go to Tampa, you know. Like usually have like a reason to go. Yeah,
0: and surprisingly too, because like Tampa is. We I've I've been to Tampa probably four times in the last two years, um, all for events where like my son plays competitive yes. soccer. So we had national league soccer down there. Um, we've had uh, we've gone to Busch Gardens, and Tampa is a really cool city. Um, I think it's starting to kind of come into the into yes. the fray, and people are realizing how cool of a city Tampa is. And of course, Orlando is. We're Disney fanatics. Um, and I was even before children, I think it's just because like, I'm a, I'm a little kid at heart. Um, and, and, and we love Disney and then my dad's family is all, they're all in Miami. So South Florida was my second home. Um, and so, yeah, I mean like, yeah, those, those three, I mean, and actually all, almost all of Florida is, there's something different in Florida and in each of the cities are different. It's a different place. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like being in a, and especially like Miami is like a, almost like being in a different country.
1: Uh, it is and there's so many different facets and that's the thing like watching those these cities like change i mean just like birmingham like over the past you know because i've been traveling down there for eight years and it's like yeah yeah, tampa uh, i mean gosh in the past three or four years it's like a completely different city absolutely you know and then orlando there's you know i love going to winter park and just walking up and down those streets and eating and all that so it's just really cool like the experiences i've gotten from this job but You know, now like my position has changed a little bit to where I'm only managing like those 10 people. It's now 13, but it's like our early intervention, what we call, I guess, division or whatever of J&J and of Depew. So it's a little bit more focused, but it's still the same area that I'm traveling in um, every week. But back, gosh, 2014, as if my life was not crazy enough, like managing this insane thing My husband and I went to St. Bart's and on vacation, I was like, I'm going to start a blog. I didn't even know what a blog was, but like my friends were like always asking me questions and I was, you know, whether it was fashion or travel or food, because, you know, I'm traveling everywhere. You know, we're going to Orlando. Where should we stay? Oh, I'm going down to Miami. Where should we eat? And it was like, I need to just put that stuff down on paper. Like, so I'm not answering the same question a million times a day. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Efficiency. And so
1: I, yeah, so I start this blog and it's a play on my last last name. It's life luxurious, like L U T Z at the beginning. And it's start, gosh, if you go back and like, look at those posts, they're pretty bad, but you know, fashion, <laughs> like start dabbling in Instagram. My first post was like a travel post about St. Bart's. And you know, I, I'm like, I seriously, I look back now, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, I guess I didn't have kids at that point. So th- there was a little bit more downtime when I wasn't traveling for work or like if I'm sitting in a hotel room, nothing to do. I'm like, you know, I would stay crank something out. I would stay up all night working for my job just because I'm like, I'm at, I'm in a hotel and I don't want to have to do this when I'm home with my husband. So I'm just going to crank it out. I'd work to like two or three in the morning. And so I think this was a way for me to, like you said, like, you know, it, it was like my creative, I guess, outlet, And it's something that gave me energy and kept me energized. And I knew I was going to work on something regardless. So I might as well work on something that's mine and something that is, that I'm passionate about. So instead of staying up till 3 a.m. working on my job, I would stay up till 3 a.m. working on my blog. Which, you know, now has become sort of like a second full-time career for me.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and I mean, and and I'm just kind of looking at it online right now. And I mean, and you have, you have a lot on there that's, you know, so I'm, and I am i do know, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but you know, almost all the, and my, my wife is loves fashion. She loves makeup. She loves travel. She she does skincare um, for a living. And you know, like all of these topics are things that she's interested in, in one yeah. central location.
1: Exactly. And I think that's like women our age, like, you know, it's, I guess toward like the sort of like the beginning of the millennial, toward whatever the other generation is. You know, it's like there are things that we want to stay looking pretty. We want to be up on the fashion trends. Right. Like we may not be trendy, but like there's all these things like we want to travel well, we wanna eat well, we wanna stay fit. And I think there's just a really a really cool niche, I guess, for that, um, for women our age that it's just I don't know. It's just kind of like your everyday life. Like, how can I help these women feel more confident, you know, stand out amongst the crowd, um, plan things for them and their families that are beautiful and fun, but, you know, are also unique to them. And I think, you know, it's really one of the, I guess, one of my whys is like, you know, how do I do something that's bigger than me every day? And how do I work towards something that's bigger? And so, I just think, you know, it's just a great outlet, you know, of course, for me personally, but for women, especially now during all this, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19 stuff, you know, I pull my audience and I'm like, what do you guys want to see? And they're like, the same thing.
0: Don't yeah, stop. Like, I want to get on. Yeah, yeah, just
1: be normal. I want to get on Instagram stories at the end of the day and see how crazy your kids were today, or what, you know, what dumb thing you did that makes me laugh, or like, you know, whatever. They're like, please keep keep that going.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think that we need that in a time like this, too, because everyone can get so focused, like, hyper-focused on yes this pandemic, which is awful, and, and I hope to God our healthcare workers, you know, are taken care of, and, and also help us figure out how to exit this thing as quickly as possible, but But we do need normalcy, too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we'll see, you know, a lot of people, probably a lot of depression will kick up as people have been isolated to their homes and their life has been uprooted and not normal. And, you know, kids aren't playing sports and they're not in school and a lot of pressure on parents. Like we need we need something that's, you know, even if it's uh, it sounds crazy, an escape to our old reality. um, We need that as, as, as humans. And like for me. I'm, I'm super extrovert. Uh, I I think I described earlier, if I was an animal, I would be a lab and, (laughs) you know, and I need that. Like I need human interaction. I need, I need contact and, and, you know, and that's one of the things I've struggled with, but, you know, being able for, for your followers and for the people that are, you know, that are looking to you through your blog or through your Instagram pages. Yeah. I think, I think they're exactly right. You know, we want to we want normal or what normal yeah. is and that's kind of the that's kind of fantasy world right now right is our right. our old reality is our new fantasy and uh so i totally agree with your readers and i'm glad that i'm glad that you're doing that too and you know and trying to provide something that can at least provide an escape even if it's just the the old reality now i know yeah, and and you may ahead. you may not want to shift gears yet but so you talked about your why, and that, yeah. you know, your, your reason, your why for everything is that you want, you know, essentially to have an impact, a positive impact on uh, your community, on your neighbors, your own, on people mm-hmm. around you. And so you've done something really, really awesome with uh, with the frontline heroes. Um, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Cause man, that was, when Stacy told me about that, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is phenomenal that someone just grabbed the bull by the horns and And took off with it, so talk, tell our listeners a little bit about what frontline heroes is,
1: yeah, so yeah, talk about go big or go home, but yeah. that's kind of my another I guess one of my daily like i don't know sentiments, but when it was Wednesday morning, literally I looked at the clock and it was three forty seven a m and <laughs> there's
0: that number again three
1: forty seven there's that number it's always three forty seven <laughs> and you know, I couldn't sleep, but I keep hearing that from everyone. It's like, people are like, God, something is wearing on me. They're like, I don't know what it is, but yeah. it's like something is waking me up in the middle of the night. And I, again, just thinking like I've done, you know, I'm like, okay, with my blog, I'm like, okay, how do I provide workouts at home for my community? How do I, you know, provide the fit, you know, fashion tips? I'm like, if they got to get on their 800th Zoom call for the day, like where they still look put together, can I give them an easy makeup routine to like put on while the kids are like hanging on to them and their bosses calling, like you know, like how can I make their life easy and more fun right now? But then I was like, it's got to be something bigger, you know. I have a lot of nurses that had reached out to me that are part of this community that you know they're just that kept saying like, Hey Lindsay, I love watching your stories at the end of a long day where I'm dealing with death and sickness all day and. Yeah. I come on, I get to read about, you know, a fitness routine, or I get to laugh with you and your kids or whatever. And I was like, gosh, what can we do for these people that are literally on the front line fighting COVID-19? And I was like, okay, ask yourself, Lindsay, what would you want? You know, like, if what's something that would make you smile, just something small. And I was like, immediately thought of food. I was like, I would love for someone, you know, to bring me food or like, I would love to just have my favorite restaurant cater or whatever that looks like I was food always makes people happy indeed and and I think for these healthcare workers a lot of them they aren't eating during the day they don't either have time or they don't feel comfortable going into the cafeteria because you know there's the maternity ward you know those physicians and nurses are coming in there so they're like we don't feel comfortable going to the cafeteria and so I was like okay, so I start searching Instagram, and I'm looking at like hashtags, and I notice um, my friend Joyfully Green, she has a blog as well, and she had done something similar where she was decided to feed 50 people at a local hospital, 50 healthcare workers, and so I reached out to her. Of course, it was, you know, 4:30 a.m. at this point. She's not going to respond, so when it was finally like, you know, an acceptable time to get out of bed and get on my Instagram stories, <laughs> I get on, and I just talk to my community like I always do. I'm like, all right, guys, I have this idea. I don't know where it's going to take me. Like, I'm just hoping we can feed a couple people on Friday or maybe Monday. Um, whoa. Like, it did not work that way. Uh, the response was amazing. Like, people were reaching out from all over. They were sharing my stories. Like, I had just set up a Venmo, and, you know, all day, it's, like, beeping. And I had to use my husband's phone number because I already have a Venmo account. And he's like, will you please turn the notifications <laughs> off of my Venmo <laughs> or whatever my phone? like sorry and so literally within hours like I sat down I got on Photoshop I had a logo a tagline a mission statement a goal I had reached out to like the Birmingham blogging community and like a lot of them came on board I had like now I even have a team I think of like five or six people so it has gone from like just wanting to take lunch to now we have meals set up all the way until next Wednesday at different hospitals Wow. So we, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So we've raised, I think now we're probably around $7,500 and that's without like people matching, you know, I've had businesses say they want to match, oh, like whatever, awesome. you know, so we've got yesterday we fed um, UAB, we fed like the MICU and just like the regular COVID floor, like the hospitalists mm-hmm. today, we are feeding the UAB emergency department. Tomorrow we are feeding Brookwood hospital and grand view and it just goes on. And then Thursday we're um, feeding like all the, the entire St. Vincent's hospital system, like different locations and such. And we've partnered. The coolest thing about this was I wanted to also like, I'm, I think I told you before, like I'm so passionate about Birmingham and yeah. like, our food scene and our culinary just geniuses that have come from Birmingham that, you know, these people are struggling. So like, simultaneously over the past couple of weeks, I've been pushing out every single day, like, go get to go food from here. These people are serving cocktails to go, go buy them, you know, get to go food for your family, go get a dessert. I've been really pushing that. And so this was a way for me to not only support the healthcare workers, but to support the restaurant and service industry as well.
0: That's awesome. So yeah, we've I mean, got you know, a different hits. restaurant
1: every day. Yeah.
0: And that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. Two of the hardest hit. I mean, obviously the restaurants for business drying up and then, you know, the hospitals for just having to fight the hard fight nonstop every day. Yeah. That is, that is phenomenal. All right. So finish, finish telling. I, I'm i I'm an interrupter. I'm sorry about no, that. No,
1: I am the same <laughs> way. So you're good. Yeah. So that's, we have a different restaurant every day that has agreed to partner with us. Some of them are donating food. Some of them. Are providing it at cost some right. of them will say you know hey i'm gonna give you 25 meals if you buy the rest so really our goal is we're trying to serve 200 meals per day so like 1400 meals in the first week and you know all donations are being made through venmo that's awesome. we've had you know different partners like i said step up and have really like there's a a place here that's like pre pre-cooked foods called Fit 5 Meals are super healthy. They've been working really closely with us and um, have really been driving this as well. But, you know, and now we're starting to get corporate sponsorships and, you know, all of this stuff. And I actually, I got a text message. I just want to read this to you if I can find it really quickly that from one of the nurses, she just said, you know, thank you so much for all the food and goodies we're so appreciative, and it is feeding so many hard workers today. I can't thank you enough. Work has been so tough recently. We work with the sick and dying population in our normal work seasons, but when we have what we have been seeing recently is unreal. It's heartbreaking. We have such limitations on what we're able to do for our patients, and it hurts our hearts knowing that. While also being their loved ones right now, keep us in your prayers. So many people have come into the Breaker in today and have seen all the goodies and have been incredibly touched that you guys took the time to love on us. We appreciate you.
0: Absolutely. Sarah. I mean, and that's, you know, and that's, so that's authenticity. That is from the heart. If the, And if that oh, doesn't yeah. tug on the heartstrings, then, then like, I don't know, you're just not human um, because it's, I don't know, they are fighting. And that's the, the crazy thing about this whole, uh, the whole pandemic is, you know, something you said where, it, and, and I think, I, I think I interpreted it correctly. I might've interpreted it incorrectly where they said, you know, essentially the nurses and the medical staff are having to be, their loved ones because, yes because, because family can't come visit when, Correct. you know, if they're in quarantine and, and that's got to feel really lonely for the patients as well. Um, and, and I imagine for the family members too. So, you know, those, our healthcare workers are not only trying to help heal them, but they're also the only you know, source of love or affection or yeah. companionship that they have and, and probably a really dark, lonely, lonely play. I didn't even, and I mean, that just hit that when you said that, that's I what know. hit me. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's heart wrenching. So how do, how do people who have, this is their first time hearing about yeah. uh, the frontline heroes, how do people get involved? How can they, how can that, how can we help you serve the medical community and the hospitality industry?
1: So, right now, what we are doing is we're collecting donations via Venmo. It's at Frontline Heroes, um, just F R O N T L I N E H E R O E S. And people are just dropping donations, whether it's a dollar, five dollars. I've gotten $500 donations. Awesome. Um, we've also had corporations reach out and they want to be a corporate sponsor. So, for example, I think on Monday, we have one of there's a local gym here called Battle Republic. It's a boxing studio, and they were just so generous because they're dealing with their own thing right now, right? right? Like their gym is closed.
0: yeah, self dis- uh, but, the social distancing piece, yeah.
1: Exactly. So they they're you know they're providing like on demand where you can watch their workouts on, online and all that. but right. they stepped up big time, so they're sponsoring an entire meal on Monday. So, you know, it's, I think the corporate donations are probably what's going to drive this further. You know, I was thinking this would go for like one day and now we're looking at, you know, 14 days at this point point. and we want to keep it going as long as we can because, yeah. you know, we may go back to normalcy now it's been pushed back, you know, to May 1st, we may go back to normalcy May 1st, but guess what? These hospital workers are not,
0: are not, no, they've got, they're in for the long, they're in for the long fight
1: for the long haul. And then the restaurants, they're probably not going to go back to normal right away either.
0: Yeah. I think it'll, and I mean, and we have, so Jackson and Birmingham are so similar in that regard with, well, one, we have the medical center in Jackson that is, you know, the state's only, you know, level one trauma unit. And they, they are ground zero for caring for these patients through the pandemic and then on Jackson also had there's there's absolutely nothing to do in Jackson except for eat food and we have plenty of awesome restaurants but a lot of them are hurting um yeah. and gosh that would i don't know <clears throat> i'm not trying to trying to trying to make you a, a busier person but gosh you yeah. know i could see how this thing could spread around you know the the country of communities yeah. stepping up and saying hey we want to we're going to stay inside and do our part but we're going to help you know, we're going to help these restaurants and we're going to help these, we're going to do something for our medical community as well. And I mean, I don't, I don't see how that could, I, I could, I could just see that thing spreading like wildfire across.
1: Yeah. And it the have country. had people reach out to me from Phoenix, from Atlanta, from Nashville, like all over the country. They're like, how do I do this? And I'm like, okay, it's very simple. Just set up, you know, a Venmo account
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: and start <laughs> reaching out to your contacts. Cause I guess that was, you know, sort of, you know, I wanted to use my platform in a positive way. Like, what is the point of having this platform if I don't use it positively, right? And so I think that helped it sort of spread. But, you know, I'm like, use your platform, even if you have a small platform. It's like you tell one person who tells three, who tells five, who tells 10, like it just starts multiplying. And people want to help. And this is an easy way for the average person who's, you know, at home, social distancing, doing their thing to help without having to leave their house. And, you know, all, all the money goes directly, 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 directly to feed these people. Yeah. So it's like, and it's cool because you know, you're supporting not only the healthcare workers, but the service industry as well. So, mm-hmm. and, yeah, you know, absolutely. one of the guys on Thursday said, and I thought this was really telling, like sort of like what you mentioned in her text message. He said, you know what? And he's like, just by us signing up to do this on Thursday, I can employ my people one more day. Like he was like literally said that Wednesday was gonna be the last day he could employ his workers, you know? And he's like, I can employ them one more day. I can do it one more day. I can do it one more day. As long as I have work for them to do and we're providing meals, he's like, I can keep it going one more day. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's not just, you know, it's even, you got to think the employees too that live and support your city.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I mean, and it's kind of, it's one of those, it's a, it's a win, win, win situation you know it's uh and it's one of those kind of self-fulfilling where yeah you're really you're you're providing some relief and some cheer and some happiness to you know the people who are literally on the front line uh you know doing battle and then also providing relief and you know you, you, for families that work in the hospitality industry or people that own restaurants you know giving them that one more day or you know or yeah. two more days of of operating before they have to you know, to shut down and, um, you know, and I just can't imagine. So the Southeast, I don't, or the, let me say the deep South, I'll call it the Southeast, the yeah. deep South. We, one thing we probably do better than the rest of the country. And I know we get a bad rep for everything else, <laughs> but one thing that we do is when times get tough, we show up and we show out yep. and it yes. does not surprise me at all that, you know, you went from, saying, hey, I'm going to try to do this one day to now you've, you know, you've done what, what'd you say over, you've got $7,500 raised. And, um, I don't know if you said how many meals you've provided. I am I may be making that number up. Yeah. But.
1: So we no. I've got, I mean, I've got the schedule right here. It's like, so Monday it's 150 meals today was 200 tomorrow. It's, um, Gosh, we're doing like two, so I think it's like 250 meals Thursdays, 200 meals Friday, 150, Saturday, 150, Sunday, 190. Yeah, so
0: that's,
1: that's just and phenomenal. it's our goal is 200 meals a day is what we're trying to, to feed. So, awesome. whether that's you know, and we've we're trying to hit all the healthcare facilities, but you know, some of them we're going to repeat, and you know, UAB is kind of like that main just yep. epicenter, I guess, of it all. So, obviously, we want to feed them as much as we can, but yeah it's we're trying to do like I said two hundred per day for as long as people are willing to donate and <laughs> and help us out we'll keep it going
0: that's awesome so I know so we're kind of creeping up on the on the fifty minute mark and I'm yeah. super super grateful that you've spent the time and i I'm glad you've spent a lot of time talking about frontline heroes um but just for our listeners in case they missed it yeah. the first time um so they can contact you through Venmo and it's at frontline heroes. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. If you want to donate, it's at frontline heroes on Venmo. Um, if you have any questions, um, you can find me on Instagram. It's life luxurious. L I F E L U T Z U R I O U S. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. And I also have a blog post. So like, you can Google Lindsay Lutz, frontline heroes, or you can just go to my website, com. I sort of put in like our mission statement, our goals, like how you can help all of that just in one place. So feel free to use any of those resources. If you have, but again, if you have questions, just reach out to me. Some people are like, where's my money going? Why is there a Venmo account? Who are you? No doubt.
0: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, I hope that some of our listeners are, are, are moved by that and, and jump in and, and toss some your way. And, and then I don't know, I'll talk, I'll talk with Stacy too. And maybe we can chat with you offline about, you know, uh, uh, expanding your, your program into the Jackson area as well. And, and just piggybacking off of the infrastructure that you've already built. Um, but before we cut off, I do want to, I want to have a little bit of fun. I want to ask you a couple of fun questions before we go. Uh, and they're just, they're just, just silly, (laughs) just silly, simple questions. So since you are, uh, a lifestyle blogger. Um, and you know, it's kind of your, it's kind of your passion to talk about fun things. Uh, hit me with favorite thing to do. Let's talk about in normal times, you know, okay. so when we get back to normal, what's the first thing you're going to do when we're, when we don't have to social distance, um, or, you know, and, and life is back to normal. What's your first activity you're going to do?
1: First thing I'm going to do, so we'll just like, we'll just do the day, right? I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go work out at a gym, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> like do my Iron Tribe workout or my Battle Republic workout at a studio, at a gym, and I'm going to go out to dinner. I'm going to go sit at, sit at a table, <laughs> order my favorite craft cocktail, which is a bourbon sour with egg white foam. Awesome. And I'm going to order all the food that I can, and I'm really looking, you know, it's all like, okay, would you like, yeah, I want to hear, would you like dessert with that? Yes, really? I would. Yes, two,
0: I give <laughs> me four, actually.
1: Yes, I will take two cocktails, I will take a bottle of wine, like, and I want to meet my friends there, I want to just give somebody a hug, like, yeah. I love hugging my me family too. and cuddling with my two boys, but, like, you know, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and, you know, I'm hashtag boy mom, and there you go. I, they are like super affectionate and cuddly and all that. But um, I, I'm ready to hug one of my friends too.
0: So, gonna go to a, gonna go work out, gonna go to a restaurant. So, what? And it doesn't have to be restaurant food. But what's your favorite food to eat?
1: Gosh, it's it's so tough. It, <laughs> I'm laughing because my, if you ask my friends this, they would tell you a cold crisp, which is like a salad. Okay. okay, And that doesn't necessarily mean like a healthy salad. It's like, you know, a salad with like everything on it. But awesome. I also love sushi. Yes, uh, I'm like a huge sushi fan. Yes. You know, I, so it's kind of hard to pick a favorite. I think it really, really just depends on my mood. I love like a good piece of fish. You know, I love, I just, I love food in general. There's really nothing I will not eat. It's, I think the only food I've never had is um, I can't, cottage cheese. I've never had cottage cheese and <laughs> nor will I ever.
0: It just looks weird for you.
1: Yeah, I just I just don't know. I've never I, tried it, never will. But besides that, it's everything's you know fair game. I love
0: I love food too, and I have been on this, and I love sushi. So if Jen, if it's just Jen and I <clears throat> going out to eat, but we both love sushi, so we'll generally because that's something I can't make at home. Um, right. So and I, and it's I not love. The it, you're right and but i have been on this thai food kick for the last oh, i love thai i don't know i, I feel if, it's probably only been 6 months but it feels like you know 2 years and so it's but i just i love the flavor of thai and i love asian food but thai food is is just my jam right now i love it i love the pad seeu with chicken and kind of hot and and I, there's like that spicy basil fried rice with chicken and i know that's all like all, all carby and stuff but i love I don't know. I, <clears throat> I love that flavor. Yeah, right. my
1: go-to is a spicy beef salad, and I'm like, it's so good. Like, I may have to order that tonight. And I can send you my recipe for a coconut soup. It is legit. Awesome. People have said it tastes just like authentic, like that you get at a restaurant.
0: That is phenomenal. So, so, <laughs> so we've, we've knocked out food. We've knocked out first thing you're going to do when you get back to normal. So if, you could, if money was not an issue, I'm going to ask you two if money okay. was not an issue and it could just be fun and you could do go wherever you wanted, where is where is where would you go travel to inside of the U.S.? Oh, then, inside the U.S., And okay. then where would you go outside of the U.S.?
1: So first of all, I'll do outside of the U.S. Okay. So my husband and I kind of have a rule. Like, we love to travel internationally. Like, we're trying to knock off, you know, every country that we can. So we have a rule that we're never going to travel to the same place twice okay. until we get, like, a good amount under our belts. But there's one exception to that and it is St. Barts. Okay. So like I'm like dying to get back to St. Barts, but I'm also we did Spain last year and Italy 2 years before that and I'm dying to go to Greece. So I think yes. right now if I had to go to Europe, I would head straight to Greece. Like
0: boom, so I don't know,
1: <clears throat> stop off in Paris, go shopping, like literally hop on a plane, no bags, land in Paris, go shopping and then go to Greece.
0: So <clears throat> so you are <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. The allergies are, are, i okay. got the stuff rolling down the back of the throat. So you, you, you and Jen are on the same wavelength. So our 10 year anniversary is coming up and I asked her, you know, where do you want to go for <clears throat> the end of our anniversary? And she said, I would like to land in Paris and just spend a couple days in Paris. Cause we've never been. And then, yep. and then she said, um, you know, I'd like to go to Italy but we also want to do a, so one of my buddies did a Greek cruise and oh, he said it was phenomenal amazing. because like during the day you get, you're in a different port and you get to explore. Um And I think they said it was like a seven or 10 day Greek cruise that he did. And wow. um, and so the ship moves at night while you're sleeping to the next port. And then, so it's kind of like you're getting to experience all of Greece without having to do any of the traveling. So we are i'm totally on board and i've
1: heard that cruise is really luxe too it's like not oh, like, oh yeah you know just it on a cruise like it's i've heard it's really impressive
0: absolutely and so and jen we've never done a cruise because she's kind of like those are floating petri dishes and
1: right exactly. and
0: then she was like you know with our luck we'll go on a cruise and it'll break down in the middle i'm like jennifer that doesn't happen and then do you remember i don't know it might have been about 10 years yeah. ago the Yes. Carnival cruise that broke down in the Gulf and had to be towed into Mobile. Yes. Yeah. So we were we were on our way to Gulf Shores when that when that was happening, <laughs> and she was like, "See, that's why I'm not." And I'm like, "All right." I'm, She's like, "I'm, I'm not done. doing it. I'm done." But she is willing yeah, to go on the Greek cruise in so.
1: August. So we're kind of like in that same boat. Awesome. Like, where are we going to go in August? Awesome. There's a cool place, and so you say like inside the United yeah, States, inside my, the U.S. My favorite place, like. I am a huge New York City fan. Like, I I go to Manhattan, like, four or five times a year. Like, it is my place. Like, I love it. I love the hype, you know, just the rush of just, like, going, going, going. Like, you know, it's like the hurry up and wait, where you're, like, rushing, rushing, rushing. you (laughs) got to wait in an Uber. And then you're, like, working in the Uber, and then you're meeting people, and you're going out. Like, I don't know. I love New York City. So, I... You know, I'm, like, ready to go back. I'm, like, can't wait. But if you're sort of looking, it's not in the United States. It's in Mexico, but it's just right off, like, Baja, California. There's a really cool wine area there. And so I think that's where we're going to plan maybe for our 10-year anniversary is to go there. Awesome. So, yeah. I mean, there's I love to travel. Like, literally, I, that's, I'm, I had so many. We had trips planned to Charleston, 30A, New Orleans. Like, all this. All in, like, April, May, June. And they've all been... Canceled.
0: canceled. Yeah, uh, which so, which really sucks, but I totally understand why you would why you would do that. So
1: one hundred percent. Yeah, not everybody stay home. I told Stacy, I'm like, stay home, do not leave your house. Like we do not need to be doing anything right now, but yeah. we can still reminisce and you know sort of mourn those trips that we aren't taking right now.
0: And then and then you'll get to do it, you know, at some point. And that's kind of you know one of the things that I've said is <clears throat> so us being in the investment management business. Um, these last four weeks, it's felt like, you know, working 30 days every week. Yeah. And you know, we're taking care of our clients. And, you know, and I think I probably stress more about making sure that we take care of our clients than our clients actually stress about it. Because it's a big responsibility when you're responsible for someone's entire livelihood. Exactly. And, uh, I told Stacy, I was like, look, when this thing is over, I didn't have another vacation. Cause we took one in, at the beginning of our middle of February, we took a vacation. Uh, I was like, I didn't really have another one, a big one planned this year. I was like, but as soon as this is over, I'm going on vacation for a little while and I love you, man. And, and I'll be back, <laughs> but I'm, I got And I told him, I was like, dude, I'm probably going to Disney so I can escape reality. And they just laughed. They're like, dude, why don't you go somewhere else other than Disney? And I don't, I just, I love Disney. I, Yeah. You love it. And you
1: know, that's like your happy place. And it's like, that's kind of like St. Mark's for me. I know what to expect. And I'm like, I know it would just be easy and like, make me, you know, bring us joy.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Lindsay, look, it has been awesome to have you on. I'm so glad we got to do a kind of an upbeat podcast and talk about the positive things that are coming out of, you know, a really bad situation. I mean, and you made lemonade, out of lemons. And, and that's really, really awesome. And so for listeners, if you guys want to support Lindsay's, um, frontline heroes, you can Venmo whatever dollar amount you're comfortable with. Um, and you can Venmo at, at frontline heroes. Um, you can check her out on Instagram as well. And that's, is it life luxurious? That's the, yep. That's the life luxurious. Yeah. So
1: instead of like Lux, it's Lutz L U T Z u r i o u s yeah this will play on my last name
0: awesome and then your blog is also life lutz l u t z u r i o s dot com i o u s dot com i o u s sorry
1: no, <laughs> i'm a math good. guy I so and long. i didn't Every time spell you asked me for my email address i'm like oh god i gotta get a shorter email because this is too much
0: well i really appreciate your time today and um yeah thanks for having me on absolutely and And also for our listeners, don't forget, um, if you're listening and you end up calling us at Pinnacle Trust and we end up figuring out that a partnership is going to work between the two of us, uh, then you will get 10% off of your first year's fees if you just mention uh, that you found us either through the Oxford Exxon podcast or on this one, the Mind on My Money podcast. Uh, For me, Martin Palomo, and for Lindsay Lutz, thank you all so much for your time and listening, and everyone have a great day.
1: Thank you. Good talking to you.
0: Thanks, Lindsay. Appreciate you. All right. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.